In today's show, we look ahead to Friday in the NBA. There are nine games on. We look at updates. We look at what things we're watching for, and we look for streaming options as well, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're here to look ahead to Friday. There are nine games on, so we've got a bit to talk about. Morning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The first game. The New Orleans Pelicans and the Orlando Magic. Um, unfortunately, still got players out in New Orleans. I'm the biggest bird. I'm the biggest bird. Zion's out. Brandon Ingram's out. Wow, what a shocker that is. We do have um, a new addition to the injury report. Najee Marshall is questionable with a toe issue. Oh, no. Oh, no. A toe issue. Oh, he's going to be back in 2027. Um, Herb Jones is still dealing with that back issue. So if Herb misses and Najee misses, misses then Alvarado, Daniels, Murphy, they're all going to get gigantic boosts. Maybe Devontae Graham, but it's going to be those other three I would expect ahead uh, in the pecking order there. For the Magic, they've got a little bit of an illness problem. Um, Marco Fultz is dealing with an illness. Hopefully no one else cops that. Isaac and AKK are out. And Franz Wagner hurt his ankle at, um, at practice. Because they haven't played in 10 years. So, yeah, they did more practice and then he got hurt. If Fultz is out, then we do stream in Cole Anthony, a little bit more value for Jalen Suggs. If Franz is out, then I do actually think Bol Bol becomes a streaming option there because they will probably slide him in. Like maybe they could put Suggs and Harris in there together, but they don't have really any threes. Not the Bol is really a three, but Palul can, and or Bol can fill in there. So Bol would become a streamer if Franz does happen to miss. So on the Pelican side of things, we are watching Trey Murphy and Jose Alvarado. The Pelicans stunk last game. They could stink again. But Murphy had put together three strong games in a row before last game's disaster. He does deserve a 12-team league roster spot. Whereas Alvarado can pop off. We've seen that. But he's more reliable, more reliable as an assists guy and a, more, important, more importantly, a steals player who can hit a couple of threes. But if Najee and Herb are both out, then Jose does become an option for us. On the Magic, we do want to watch Cole Anthony in the situation with Fultz is out. I don't think that Anthony or Suggs, I'll say it again, I get this question every day. I do not think Jalen Suggs is a 12-team league player. I do not think Jalen Suggs is a 12-team league player. But if we do have Franz or Fultz out, Suggs might have some stream appeal. But he's not really playing that much. He's played over 20 minutes once since he returned, under 15 minutes the last three games. So I don't think we need to care too much there, but it'll be interesting to see if they change his role at all and what would happen if Fultz and Wagner are out and how that would impact Jalen Suggs and his playing time. The next game is the Warriors and the Cavs. This is a back-to-back for Golden State. So we expect that Clay does not play in this game. We don't know about Kaminga or Wiseman or Jermichael Green or Iguodala. All of those guys are out for Thursday. 
On the Cavs side of things, Dean Wade and Dylan Windler are out, but Don Mitchell has been listed as questionable. He's gone. He's good. He missed one game with a groin strain. It seems ridiculously early to come back. Is it actually a groin strain? If it was a groin strain, and I don't, they labeled it that, then coming back after one game is insanity. And we'll see whether that bites them on the ass or not. For the Warriors, we'll find out more stuff about them. But you know, we really want to watch DiVincenzo um, and his role with Clay out. And then on the Cavs, Isaac Okoro is shooting the absolute lights out. And that's translated into big minutes in three of the last four games. I don't trust it necessarily, considering it went 29, then 15, then 29, 34. But if Mitchell plays, does Okoro get those 30 minutes again? He's pushing to at least 16-team league value, maybe 14-team if he gets 13, 30 minutes. Now, I don't think that he's going to be the level of shooter that he has been, but the steals, the value there, there's a little bit of something for deeper formats. I also want to watch Evan Mobley, who's continuing to play like really good defense. It hasn't really ramped up into great usage, although he did have 24 usage last game with Mitchell out, which, again, just goes to show that the struggles of him upping his offensive game are due to the addition of Donovan Mitchell. And you know, with Mitchell's out, we can see a little bit more from Mobley. So let's see. Do we get that from him in this game if Don is out? The Heat and the Mavs. It's a pick at the moment. We know that um, Duncan Robinson is out. And unfortunately, the crucifix Christian Wood is out with that thumb fracture. He's out at least a week. Muxy Kleber, who I thought would be done for the season, said he wants to come back just after the All-Star break. So that's great for the Mavs. Doesn't really do much for fantasy, though. And Timmy Hardaway is going to return. It looks like he is listed probable for Dallas. On the Miami side of things, I want to watch Kyle Lowry's minutes, but also want to see the impact on guys like Victor Oladipo, Gabe Vincent, and Max Struess. Because last game, yes, it was a blowout, but Oladipo played only 25 minutes, while Struess played 27 and Vincent played 26. So is Oladipo going to be high 20s? That's probably not enough to be must roster in 12s. I'd like him to be 30-31. Yeah, Struess and um, Vincent, where, where do they sit? What do their minutes look like? Vincent played more than Lowry coming off the bench. So there's still so many questions about Lowry, Struess, Vincent, Oladipo. How those minutes get distributed between those four is really key in terms of trying to uh, work out their value. For the Mavs, I would expect that we see Dwight Powell start at center and then Finney Smith Bullock, or sorry, or Finney Smith Hardaway at the three and the four um, and seeing how that impacts him. Does Dwight Powell become a 12-team league guy? Almost definitely not. But can he be a streamer for your build if you need steals and field goal percentage? Because that's what he brings. And he's not a bad rebounder. So there's some value in him, but his upside is extraordinarily low. I wouldn't be grabbing a Davis Bertans or a JaVale McGee or anything like that, even though I could see um, you know, increased minutes from those players. That is possible. They they don't strike me as great ads or anything along those lines. I also do want to watch Jerome Finney-Smith because he's been bad this season. He's just come back from injury. He played big minutes last game. I guess you could make the argument with Wood out, he takes on more usage, but he's not a high-usage player. He's not someone we can go, all right, Wood's out, well, let's just let Finney-Smith cook. It's going to be Dinwiddie and Hardaway that get that usage, in my opinion. And Dorian, I was going to say he plays more minutes, but he played 35 last game, so I don't know how much that changes for him. Maybe there's an extra shot or two, but the majority won't be like, well, Wood was playing power forward, so now Finney-Smith's playing power forward, so he plays Wood's role. It doesn't work exactly like that. So Finney-Smith is okay. I'd probably add him over Dwight Powell, but I wouldn't massively prioritize it at all. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. In 2023, if you want success as a small business owner or hiring manager, you need you need to, you know that you need to depend on the team members that you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire quality candidates 
more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post, company, and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. You can identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast and for free. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Knicks and Hawks. Hawks are four-point favorites in this one against um, Atlanta. Oh, sorry. The Hawks are favorite against New York, obviously. The only player that is out is Mitch Robinson. And Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. So we just heard about that today. He's out for at least three weeks. So yeah, make that a month. Make that all-star break return, I guess, for Mitch Robinson from his thumb injury. So we want to watch Jericho Sims. You just made the list. Yes, Isaiah Hartenstein probably starts. But I have been very discouraged by what has happened to Hartenstein since about week three or week four of the season where he was, like, honestly... Before Mitch Robinson got hurt the first time, Hartenstein was a top 100 player as a backup. All right, he was rolling. He was doing all the things we wanted him to do, albeit with fewer assists. And then since then, terrible. No trust from Thibodeau. I, don't, I can't rule out that Hartenstein could be good because he is good. But there's something completely off at the moment. Sims, on the other hand, is reliable. Reliable in the sense of I will get rebounds, field goal percentage, and blocks. I won't get anything else, but I'll get all of those things. And that's basically what Mitch Robinson gave you. So as a one-for-one one replacement, Sims makes a bit of sense. And I'll see a lot of people say, they'll just play Randall a lot at center. Like, have you met Thomas Thibodeau? Will they play Randall a little bit at center? Sure. But Thibodeau hates not having a center on the court. Hates it. Basically refuses, refuses to do it. That's why he's playing Obi Toppin nine minutes a game because he refuses to play in a situation where there's not a center out there. And he, while he's still got two upright centers in Sims and Hartenstein, I don't think he's going to be limiting those guys significantly to play Toppin and Randall together. I don't think he will. In fact, he preferred to go to two centers together when Hartenstein, uh, when um, Toppin was out. So all this is to say that a lot of people say, oh, well, Randall will play center. That means more minutes for Emmanuel quickly. And I'm not sure that it actually does. It might be one or two. But again, if I'm going to go by what I would do or a common sense person would do, then sure, yes. But this is what Tom Thibodeau does. He wants a center there at all times. And he does not think Toppin is a center because he's not. He doesn't think Randall is a traditional center because he's not as well. So he doesn't want them out there in that role. Now, maybe he's going to flummox me completely and we'll see Randall and Toppin play 20 minutes a night together. Almost definitely not. Maybe that happens. So we do want to watch the quickly role because he played 30 minutes or so last game with Robinson out. And that that was interesting. But yeah, in, in that game, even with Robinson out, it's not because Toppin played a lot. Toppin played 14 minutes. So we've got... yeah. 34 minutes for Randall, 14 for Toppin, which equals exactly 48. He had no minutes of them playing together. So the quickly minutes will be something to watch. The Hartenstein minutes and the Sims minutes, how it all gets distributed. And of top and Toppin, of course. For the Atlanta Hawks, Clint Capella. That'll plan. Lisa needs braces. Um, I think this might be the game that he takes over the starting spot for a Kongwu, and then I reckon we can move on from Anyeka. I don't know that for sure, but it's definitely trending that way. 21 minutes, 23 minutes for Capella. This might be 25 or 26. And then we'll see him 28 in a week or so. So the Okongwu stuff was great. 
and I don't see how it continues. DeJounte Murray, I also want to watch because the last couple of games for him, the efficiency's been way up. I would try to sell high because it's not like he's been doing it by getting back to what he did last season. And that was, you know, eight, nine rebounds, eight, nine assists. He's still not doing that. He's just shooting the ball really well. So it is a good opportunity to sell high, but let's see how he looks because he's looked really good the last couple of games. And let's see if there is an, op- an opportunity there to sell high. Clippers Spurs is the next one. The Clippers are six and a half point favorites here. Johnny Wall will be out. Devin Vassell will be out. Um, Luke Kennard has missed the last six games. He should be questionable. Kawhi and Paul George missed last game. They will return in this one against the Spurs. Um, So I want to watch Norman Powell, who was great last game in 30 minutes, and he was bad the game before in 25 minutes. And you know my thoughts on on Norman Powell. If George and Kawhi are playing, it's really hard for him to get enough minutes and for him to get enough usage because he never gives you rebounds, assists, steals, or blocks. He's a points guy. He needs points. He needs minutes and usage to get points. And when those guys play, he doesn't get the minutes or usage or the points, usually. But maybe I'm proven wrong. Maybe they go with Powell instead of Terrence Mann in 33 minutes and Mann plays 27. Maybe. I doubt it. Maybe. But it's something for us to watch. And then I do want to watch Terrence Mann, who struggled last game but was good for the two or three before that. I think he's still a very soft, fringe, 12-10 league hold man. But the upside's not spectacularly high. So that doesn't make him a must roster. On the Spurs, I want to watch the Zach Collins-Yucca Pirtle dynamic. Collins actually got some minutes back last game, back to 24, while Pirtle played only 22. Um, is that real? Like, What are we seeing here with the minutes? So Collins still remains a solid enough stash to me in 12-team leagues. While Joshie Richardson played 27 minutes last game and 30 the game before that. Prior to that, he was under 25. Like, is he going to be reliable for 12-10 leagues? I'd, I'd answer no, because I don't think he'll be reliable. He'll have games where you go see, and then you, you ignore the games where he's not anywhere near a 12-team league player. I think he probably is okay to have for now, and let's get another data point in here to see how it looks in general. Nets and Jazz. This is a back-to-back for Brooklyn. Durant will be out. Olenek will be out. Kyrie's returning Thursday, so I should be fine on Friday, but we'll find out. Um, we we wanted to see in Brooklyn, of course, this you know, Curry and Simmons and Warren and O'Neal and how all that looks with Kyrie. But we'll get more data on that for Thursday. On the Jazz side of things, I do want to watch Walker Kessler. I feel really confident that Kessler's going to be a 27-minute plus a night guy, irrespective of injuries. Now, obviously, Linux not coming back. But you know, does do I get my mind changed? Do they go back to a minute split between him and Vanderbilt? I doubt it. But let's watch it. Kessler's minutes the last five games since he moved into the starting lineup, 30, 27, 32, 31, 28. It's pretty good. And that's sort of what I'm expecting from him as we move forward. I also want to watch Mike Conley, who's been pretty strong the last couple of games. Can he maintain that little increase in usage and the better shooting? I still believe that he's a pretty clear 12-team league player and that you know I don't think they're moving on from him. But let's get some more information about how he plays and how he looks with a team that's almost full strength, just missing Kaliolinic. Paces and the Nuggets is the next game. The Nuggets are a whopping 11-point favorites. Halliburton's out. Tice is out. Um, Kendall Brown is out. But Jeff Green could be returning for the Nuggets. That's going to impact Vlako Chanchar and Zeke Naji there in the reserves, which only really matters for deeper leagues. On the Paces, I do want to watch Andrew Nempard because we finally got a good game out of him last time. Now, they got their asses kicked in that one, but Nempard turned in some good performances. I do think he is a 12-team league player. I also want to watch Isaiah Jackson because I just want, I, I pray, I hope that he is the backup center. Yes, I think he is a trade deadline stash. No, I don't think Miles Turner gets traded, but there is a chance of it. But my my um, optimism gets really deflated if they go back to Jalen Smith over Isaiah Jackson. It would be a terrible move, but let's hope it doesn't happen. Can we sustain Isaiah Jackson ahead of Jalen Smith in the rotation? On the Nuggets side of things, Bruce Brown, 
closed over Michael Porter Jr. last game, played good minutes in last two games on a fully healthy team, 29 and 33 minutes. Very encouraging. And that's fine to keep in 12-team leagues. Also watch KCP, who's not really a must, but he probably is. I don't. I know that doesn't make sense. The upside's low for him, but he just keeps chugging along. 31 minutes, 13 points, two threes, a steal, four rebounds. Like It's just consistent stuff. And as we push close, close to the playoffs, those sort of consistent performers become way more valuable. So now we get into more of the situation where it does become better to have a KCP. It comes a little bit more reliable to have KCP on your roster to get that extra little, um, that extra little boost that he can provide to a team and be useful enough on your fantasy squad because of the consistency, because of the reliability that he does provide. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. When you're looking for a delicious treat, you don't often think, hey, I'll get a protein bar. But you should, because candy bars, while delicious, granted, they're delicious. They're full of fat, and they're so high in calories. Was Built Bar also delicious? But it's not. It's low in calories, 130 calories, but 17 grams of protein. The secret is they cover their bars in 100% real chocolate. You can go and browse all their range over at Built.com. Find all the great flavors, order them yourself. But now you can do something even better. You can walk straight into Walmart and you can go head down to the pharmacy section and find the Built Bars. They've got four bar boxes in the cookies and cream flavor, in the double chocolate and in the coconut puffs. It's fantastic. And you can go straight to Sam's Club as well to get bigger boxes, a 13 bar box. 13 is a weird number. But you can get a 13 bar box in the churro flavor or in the brownie batter flavor. So go to Built.com like you always would or Go to Walmart or go to Sam's Club and get yourself boxes of Built Bars. Built Bar is built different. Thunder and the Kings. The Thunder Kings is the next game we're going to take a look at here. No spread available at this point because DeMontis Sabonis is questionable and he missed practice. That would push him probably closer to doubtful for me, but he is officially questionable for this game. Robinson Earl, Ushman Jang, and Alexei Pokashevsky are all out for the Thunder, but that's Sabonis one is pretty like important, obviously. The other thing to watch there is Alex Len also missed last game with the illness. Now we know the last time the Sabonis um, was out, they went to Alex Len as their starting center because, you know, common sense. Why would we need it as a coach? But that's what they did. I highly, highly doubt after what we saw from Rashawn Holmes yesterday that they would go, yeah, let's go back to Alex Len as the starter. But you never know. You never know. On the Thunder, I want to watch the Oklahoma City mudflap, Kenrich Williams, who really is turning in some great games. It's not consistently great. And 22 minutes a night doesn't make him a must-roster player. But if you're in a 16-teamer or a 14-teamer, I like what he's doing. Do I have any faith that the Thunder are going to start the same center multiple games in a row? Nah, it's almost impossible. They have started. Let's see what they did. It went Pig Williams, Mike Muscala, Kenrich Williams, Eugene Omarui, Pig Williams, Mike Muscala, Pig Williams, Kenrich Williams. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, that's terrible. So, look, there's no... Consistency in that. But Williams does keep around 22 a night. And he was great last game. I don't really trust that production to continue. I'm also really interested in Josh Giddy because I think he might have fixed his shot. I think he might actually be a good shooter now. And that's really helping his fantasy numbers. It's pushing him top 30. And like, ideally, you look at him, you go top 30. Well, that makes him a sell high. And I look at it and go, eh, maybe not. I'm not sure that he is a sell high. In fact, no one's giving you top 30 or top 40 or top 50 numbers. And I fact, I think, yeah, try again. The likelihood of you getting a top 40 player back for Giddy in a trade is significantly lower than Giddy remaining a top 40 player rest of season. So I'd hold him and just enjoy what's happening and see whether that shot actually is good or not. 
For the Kings, let's watch Rashawn Holmes because he was really good last game. And if Sabonis is out, we stream him. But of course, the game before that, he played literally zero minutes. So well, if I'm going to shit on them starting Alex Len when he wasn't good enough to play a single minute, there's probably something to say there with um, Holmes not playing a single second either and going with Chemezi Metu and Trey Lyles as your backups. I don't know. It's like, does Metu play at all? If like, What happens now if Sabonis plays? Does Holmes play? Does Metu play? Who sits out? If Sabonis is out, do we go back to Holmes? I don't know. That's what we want to watch. And then also Trey Lyles, who was putting up great numbers on, on stuff that was completely unsustainable, and then that fell way away. But he at least has some streaming options, especially if Sabonis is sidelined. Grizzlies-Lakers. Memphis are six-and-a-half-point favorites here. We know Reeves is out, Lonnie Walker is out, and Anthony Davis are out for the Lakers. I'm going to guess that LeBron's going to be on the injury report. Just, just, a, just a hunch. I reckon they'll put him on there. Probable or questionable with the ankle problem. They haven't yet. I'm sure they will. On the Grizzlies, I want to watch Tyus Jones. If this could be a blowout. Does Jones play 23 minutes? He remains just an injury-only stash. But occasionally, there'll be good games. And then for deeper league, Santi Aldama, who has turned himself into a very respectable and reliable rotation player. He's not a 12-team league guy. He's probably not a 14-team league player. But in anything deeper than that, Santi is putting up really good numbers, and he's turned himself into a very strong player. On the Lakers, really, we want to watch Wenyan Gabriel and Tom Bryant. is very clear at the moment. They are thinking this is minute split situation. It's timeshare, and you can't really hold Tom Bryant through this. Can you add Gabriel? In a 14-team league, yeah, you can. In a 12, I'm not that certain of it, but what he's doing at the moment is really strong. I also want to watch Pat Beverly, not because I think it's fun to do that, but just to see what his minutes look like, how it compares with a Troy Brown or a Max Christie, who was really good last game. Um, you know, the four points we get out of Dennis Schroeder. How does Beverly fit in there? Is there any streaming value? Probably not outside of really deep formats, but how that guard rotational looks. In terms of back-to-back streams, there are quite a few options for Friday, Saturday. We've got the... These guys are all available in 40% plus or more leagues. Like McConnell and Nampard, these are just must-roster players. So they're great for the back-to-back, but they're must-roster. DeAndre Hunter, while I'm not a big fan of his, the back-to-back works in his favor. Aaron Neesmith and Isaiah Jackson also in Indiana with that back-to-back value. The Jackson one is fraught with danger, but it's interesting. In um, Orlando, Cole Anthony because of the potential absence of Fultz, and then Bowl because of the potential absence of Wagner, and they play the back-to-back. So they've got the back-to-back advantage, plus they might push into starters minutes in at least one of those games. So that's interesting. And Trey Lyles and the Kings, they have the back-to-back as well, as my voice <clears throat> just completely dies for some reason that I'm not aware of. If we're streaming in on Saturday, these guys are all available in at least 50% of leagues. Nempard, um, yeah, look, just got to be rostered, really. This briefcase and this haircut. Quentin Grimes is sort of teetering, but is a great stream anyway. Um, Rashawn Holmes, if Sabonis is out, we like that one. Terrence Mann's an option. Dante DiVincenzo with the likely absence of Clay Thompson. Jose Alvarado with the potential that Herb and Najee are out. Josh Richardson. And of course, Jericho Sims makes the list. You just made the list. Deeper leagues, we've got Holmes and Sims both there. Dorian Finney-Smith is a good deeper league stream. Um, we go to Caleb Martin, Isaiah Joe, excellent three-point streamer, Pat Beverly, Nico Batum, and Isaac Okoro in that mix for deeper leagues. These guys are all available in 90% plus of leagues. For points leagues, these guys are all available in at least 40%. It's TJ McConnell, Jalen Williams, Andrew Nempard, Lou Dort, all of those guys are must roster. Then you go to Malik Beasley, Trey Murphy, Quentin Grimes, and Jeremy Sohan, who are uh, probably fit perfectly into that stream territory. Not really must-roster guys. Now, over the next four days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, there's a bunch of players who are available in over 40% of leagues who are guys to just grab because they've got 
clear top 100 value, I think, over the next four days, irrespective of schedule. We're talking Kyle Anderson with two games. Like, got to be rostered. Even if Gobert returns, Anderson's got to be rostered. You got um, passport legend Jalen Duran. Got to come back from France. Then got one game in the next four days. I still think he's a must-roster player. Um, Timothy John McConnell with two games. Yes, clearly. Um, Trey Murphy with two games. Yes. Jalen Williams, the Bronco, with two games over the next four days. Broncos country, let's ride. Jalen McDaniels with the potential absence of Ball, the potential absence of Haywood. Jalen McDaniels should be on your roster. Andrew Nempard with two games and Royce O'Neal. This has nothing to do with volume for these guys. Just all eight of those players should probably be on a 12-team roster over these next four days because injuries and opportunities have opened up for them to, for them to be top 100 contributors during that time. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're here on YouTube, thumb up. Leave a comment down below. And what else? Subscribe. Yeah, subscribe. We're hidden towards 60,000. Let's get there. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.